welcome to another episode of Hanging in the Hangar. I'm here with Daniel Meek, as per usual, and we finally got him, Paulson Varghese. We got the big one, guys. This is the one you've all been waiting for, several months, maybe, years, if you've been a long-term listener. Hey, is this podcast a year old? Uh, at least. At least, yeah. Wow. Wow, congratulations. We've reached tens of Listeners. people. <laughs> Just ten. <laughs> Multiple people have heard of us. Have they listened? We don't know, but they've heard of us. I've been announcing it every Tuesday night. Really? Just, no. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't remember that tonight. We haven't uh, recorded since... December? Wow. Yeah. January hiatus. And you tr- decided to lead off with this. Getting the band back together, we yeah. decided to kick it off with um, one of the biggest guests we could find. Daniel's best friend and mentor, Paulson Varghese. Yeah. Literally the person that I look to to give me affirmation and approval of every single thing. So thanks, Dad. <laughs> oh, gosh. Cal, <laughs> how you been? You've been like a United States traveler? Yeah. Uh, Not really a world traveler. Well, I went to Canada for a brief stint. Um, On purpose? Yeah. Oh, gosh. We went to the French part of it, so... Decide if that's better or worse, uh, but bonjour. Yeah, Vancouver is pretty cool. Mm. That's the west part. Uh, we were in Montreal, which is Quebec. I talked to you one day, and you were in Virginia. No, I don't remember Quebec. North Carolina. Yep, was also there. Too. You were in Colorado. Yep. Um, you've been everywhere. Uh, name a state, and there's a one in. 50? Twelve chance uh, I've been there probably when I was in Connecticut, uh, Vermont, New York, um, D.C., Virginia, Maryland, um, North Carolina, and now Tennessee again. We're glad to have and you Colorado. back. Colorado. We're glad, glad to have you back. What's your favorite state? Do you have a favorite state? Um, I think I'm partial to Vermont. I think my family just goes there every year, and it's just great in the winter uh, for skiing, and it's great in the summer because we have a lake house. Um, It's just a nice vibe. I think it's probably the state that I've spent the most vacation time in. Um, You know, recently went to Colorado for a ski trip with my family, and that was great. Um, Very nice out there. Like, there's not a lot of states that I've spent extended period of time in like I you know was in Virginia for school live here in Tennessee now um but Vermont is also where my favorite band Fish is from yeah. so there you go it's got another thing Boston do you have a favorite state favorite state I feel like I'm more just like cities like I like certain cities I Chi-town yeah so Chicago Austin I thought was pretty cool um Atlanta is really cool. So, yeah. Um, I didn't really like New York all that much, but I think it's just very busy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. They're, I'm sure there are cool states. I feel like if you're a cool state, you're more, like, outdoorsy. Like, Wyoming would probably be a cool state. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, me and Taylor... Taylor's my wife, audience. Yeah. Uh, me and Taylor watched a documentary on the state of Idaho. Like... Oh. Six months to a year ago, and ever since then, I've been like, I want to go to Idaho. So bad. <laughs> That's how they get you. 
I've never it's been there, game. and I think it might be my favorite state. I've really? never been there. Potatoes, outdoors. Yeah, yeah potatoes. Yeah. That's basically it. That's all I know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, Paulson has uh, arguably been the longest uh, young adult at West End. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's... I guess most of the other people have disappeared and gone to greener pastures, but yeah, I guess... Uh, Sounds They're, like they died and went to heaven. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Who knows? Gone on the green. What, 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 I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's probably been, what, six, seven years, I think. Probably around the time we met was when mm. I started coming to West End. That was like, that was only like five or six years for me. Okay. I don't know. You, I mean, you were at West End. Maybe we like a year before then. Okay. Um, because that would have been, what, 2017, so. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, I started coming to West End because one of my friends from law school started dating a girl who went to West End and was part of that young adults group. And then I kind of got roped into their shenanigans. A lot of shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. And then met Daniel in the lobby with, uh, with his daughter. Yeah, like two-year-old Hadley. Yeah, two-year-old Hadley. (laughs) Hadley used to wave at everyone. It was really cute. Yeah, she used to be really cute, and now she is still, still cute. really cute. Yeah. If she ever hears this. Yeah. You're still really cute. Yeah, but the waving was... Yeah. It was very... Hutton uh, waves at everybody now. Yeah. I was like, tell them hey, and she just waves her hand. Yeah. yeah. Good time. She doesn't tell you hey, she just waves her hand. That's all you need. I called... Um, my wife, Taylor, on, on the way up here earlier, and she had picked up the girls, and I heard Hadley in the background go, Mommy, Daddy is my Valentine. And then my wife, Taylor, was like, uh, Daddy's your Valentine? And she was like, Shh, don't tell him! <laughs> <laughs> and then Hutton in the background is like, Daddy, my Valentine. And then Taylor's like, he's like my Aaron Valentine. Cartman. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it sounded like Cartman? Yeah, yeah he's my Valentine, too. <laughs> Come on, cat. <laughs> Valentine's Day is definitely on, like, the, like, near the top of the list of overrated holidays. Incredibly overrated. Yeah. You guys are staring candy. at a bouquet of red roses right now? Yeah. They got me. It's probably just invented by Hallmark. Let's be real. It's 100% invented by Hallmark. Well, wasn't like St. Valentine like like set on fire or something like crazy? No, let's not give it that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, he was. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. That's it. I guess like how we honor people, you know, by uh, not doing that. Exactly. Yeah, creating propaganda of a naked baby <laughs> who looks like he's seventy years old with wings who gr- shoots people is it with a arrows. Greek naked baby? Is that where it keeps it? Yeah, well, um, yeah, Eros is Rome. Name is Cupidus, Cupidus Maximus, <laughs> Cupidus oh, Gluteus wow. Maximus. Is that your favorite muscle group? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Paulson. Yes. Where are you from, man? Uh, so I was born in the northwestern suburbs of Chicago, and so that's where I grew up. City boy. Yeah. Well. Suburban, <laughs> suburban boy, but yeah, uh, grew up outside Chicago, lived there for 18 years until I went to school, and so it's fun, it's cold, it's different. 
So I think about Chicago. I think about pizza. Yeah. Amazing. I think about wind. And the one time I've ever been there, it was New Year's Eve. And we spent four nights there. Mm-hmm. And Three was, of them were at a concert. The same. Concert. All four of them oh, were at the four, same exact concert. Yeah. Like the same band, four nights in a row. Was they it did, Creed? No. They did not repeat one song. This one it was, was um, oh gosh, we've talked about this before. Come on. You got it. Oh, I know it. Um, Umphreys McGee. Umphreys <laughs> McGee. That's something you just made up. Nope. There's no that's, way. That's a that's Look it, it up, people. They're a uh, jam band, uh, progressive rock, improvisation. Um, okay, it's a real band. They have tinges of, uh, <laughs> like, splashes of metal, uh, blues, funk, a little bit of country every once in a while. They're They're great. They're actually really good. Nice. A lot of fun. And then I think about um, like high rates of crime, and like I'm wondering, like what was, what was your like experience in Chicago? So I grew up in the suburbs, yeah. but I will say, if you, I guess do statistical analysis, most of the dangerous crime is like really in two neighborhoods. So if you oh, avoid okay. those neighborhoods, you're pretty much pretty good. good. Yeah, I think um, crime is very localized in Chicago, and I think if you took it out by just the size, it's. Yeah. I think it's still the third largest city in America, even though I think like Atlanta or Houston are coming for it. Houston's uh, up there. Yeah, so you'd have Houston. L.A. and New York City, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, New York, and New York is LA. less crime in the main areas. You kind of have to get out into... Like I don't Brooklyn, know. I've heard Queen. pretty. They're, they're, that's. I feel like the mayor just won on like a anti-crime, like stricter, really policing measures. Yeah. I didn't mean to turn this into a crime podcast, but uh, yeah, I just guess I meant like. That's you know, how you get the listens. That's for me, it's yeah. it's po- it's it's pizza, it's wind, yeah, and crime. that's basic and crime. Yeah. Three of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tell I think, me three things about I think, it. like, the food stands out. Um, I think it's pretty unique. I feel like it's because it was in the Midwest and because of the weather and, like, different kinds of things that definitely even, the, like, the style of pizzas, like, New York is the kind of big slice. Yeah. Kind of a little bit more floppy and then basically um, Chicago-style pizza is kind of, like, thick heartier you probably can't eat more than one slice um it's just different i love deep dish pizza do you know what my wife told me last night she ordered there was a buy six deep dish frozen pizzas from one of the chicago places and get a heart-shaped one for free so for my valentine's day gift she ordered me like six deep dish pizzas and a heart-shaped deep dish pizza Maybe Valentine's is not one each day of the week. Yeah, maybe. I was like, I think it might have been Lou Manati's. It might have been what's the other one with the G? Gino's East. Gino's or Giordano's or Giordano's. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll report back. Cool. I can't wait to eat those though. Yeah, be good. Good time. Good eating. Nice. So what do you? uh, I don't mean to take over your hosting duties here, Kyle. What do you do for work? Paulson? Um, so I work for the state of Tennessee. I came to Nashville for law school, and so after I graduated, did 
did one job and then ended up at the state and then left and came back. Uh, I work for an agency called PenCare. They handle Medicaid and Medicare for the state and I handle their appeals. And so um, it's fun and depressing and it's uh, good work though. And you know that you're serving people in the best way you can. So, Do you feel like as a lawyer, you kind of went into it with like a knowledge of what type of law you wanted to do or did you kind of go in me like I don't really know what's out there we'll see kind of where you end up I feel like the way I decided on becoming a lawyer was I was on the debate team in high school and I figured if I liked arguing and like kind of politics and history and stuff like that and English like didn't really like go towards STEM subjects like math and science as much I figured uh, law was kind of a straightforward career to go into um, I think you kind of just realize it as uh, my parents are immigrants so like they're really only like three or four jobs you can do it's like you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be an engineer, and then I don't know what the fourth one would be, but I'm sure it's out there. Um, but it was kind of one of those straightforward paths, but I feel like I came into college and nobody really dissuaded me from being a lawyer, even though now looking back on it, I'm like, oh yeah, I love problem solving, I love... Uh, speaking, I love arguing, I love writing. There are a bunch of jobs that allow you to do that. You don't necessarily have to be a lawyer to do those things. Um, but watched a lot of suits when I was in college and was like, oh man, being a lawyer is so cool. And then <laughs> it is, but it's not like that. It's not a lot of witty banter. Um, it's kind of just hard work and kind of reading and interpreting things. You don't get to stand up and, like, scream, I object, or, like... <laughs> oh, you can still do that. Okay. Um, you, you have you ever said you can't handle the truth, or I want the truth in the middle of, like, a trial or anything? No. Have you ever used any quotes from any movies in your arguments? No, I don't think really? so. Really? You're no. a big quote guy. You never... Have you ever seen My Cousin Vinny? Yeah. My Cousin Vinny is... Basically, the most accurate legal. Really? Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I think most. I think a lot of people from the legal profession would say that that's like the most accurate portrayal. Really? Uh, like Law and Order SVU, probably very inaccurate. <laughs> uh, suits. There are some things they get right, but yeah. there's not one lawyer who does mergers and acquisitions and also goes into a courtroom defending like. I don't know, like a harassment case. Like, th okay. those things don't happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, my cousin Vinny, just like the way he presents evidence, the way he asks questions, those are very accurate to the profession. Well, uh, speaking of the profession, you're now in Nashville. Uh, you went to Vanderbilt, correct? Yes. Um, and you found West End through friend of a friend. Um, you've been here for several years now. Do you have any plans for the new year? Do you feel like this year is uh, kind of... Do you feel like year to year each year is very similar or different? 
Um, I guess like the way I go into any year, I have basically the same goals and I hope to, I don't think my goals are very, uh, they don't, they can't get accomplished in like a year, you know, it's like, or it's like a more general goal, like get healthier, eat healthier, get stronger, like, you know, work out like those things are things you process over time and like build habits, but it's not like you, it's not like a very measurable, oh, I accomplished this. Now I'm done and I'm good to go. So I guess I don't really do the whole like resolutions in that way. Um, I just kind of think of like, hey, like what goals and how, how do I get to these goals? And so, um, teleportation. Teleportation, I wish. Okay. Uh, but running a marathon a lot easier. Yeah, no, but like the marathon thing, uh, I think we've talked about, like, mm. part of me was like, oh yeah, I'll like run a marathon this year. I'm like leaning more towards like, if by the end of the year I've run a half, then I'll be like satisfied. Mm. Um, but going to do like a 5K coming up. I think I'm going to do another 5K and just kind of get, like slowly build some habit of running and then maybe like, in the fall, I'll run an actual, like, half or full marathon. But I, if I don't accomplish that, I'm not very sad because running is dumb. Every yeah. time I start running now, I'm to the age where my knee starts hurting. I just, I've connected it with distance running. Um, I just can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. I was running sprints the other day, and that's fun. Yeah. Not really, but... <laughs> It doesn't hurt my knee, but distance running hurts my knee. Yeah, I Can't think do it. I think running or any like working out kind of thing, you have to do what you enjoy because you're gonna stop doing it if you don't. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. also if your if your body hurts, I think uh, the whole like no pain no gain thing is a little deceptive. Like I think if your body's hurting, there's a reason. You know, mm-hmm. and so yeah, you need to listen to your body. Yeah, you can't just kind of do whatever you want and hope that you end up in a good spot. Yeah. Do you have plans for the new year? Um, right now I just finished up a lot of my travel, a few weddings coming up that uh, some friends here, some friends in Virginia, uh, my sister's wedding. Um, so kind of looking forward to a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, as far as like other things, you know, starting up a new job soon. Um, so just kind of getting in the swing of being back and I don't know, just making the most of uh, my time here. I heard, uh, like 15 minutes ago that you start something tomorrow. Yes. Um, so I just had uh, a time of being away and uh, enjoying my time and you know loosely looking for jobs and finally found something that a lot of back and forth and I uh, accepted and so we'll, we'll see how it goes starting up tomorrow awesome um, you know should be pretty pretty good opportunity um, smaller company um, a lot of people in my same type of position that I can learn from and get more skills from so looking forward to it awesome uh, Paulson, you uh, recently were also traveling. You went to India. You are a world traveler. True. He was in Saudi Arabia in the airport. 
Uh, du- Dubai? Where is Dubai? Dubai's in uh, the UAE, United Arab oh, Emirates. Okay. Different. Different. I always mix those two yeah. up. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I was by Saudi Arabia. Okay. But yeah. It's really close compared to where he is right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Basically the same place. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was a good trip. Uh, my parents, my, the reason we ended up in Chicago was my dad, uh, was going to seminary in Chicago and he was doing his PhD in historical theology and he went to Trinity, um, which is in, uh, Deerfield, Illinois, which is one of the suburbs of Chicago. And he went there but his um, plan was to always go back and start like a seminary and so I went over there for the graduation of that seminary Daniel is <laughs> currently pulling up a map of India I thought he was about to start just figuring out where you've been in India as we did uh, with Tiffany uh, <laughs> last episode but right now we're figuring out where uh Paulson, where were you? Where did you fly into in India? Were you in India, India? Or were you in like... He's looking at me like this idiot. No, so uh, Kerala is the southern tip of India. It has the highest wow. Christian population in India. Um, it's see? right next to Tamil Nadu. So it has a language that is a diet. I, I guess I, I guess you would call it like a dialect of Tamil, where it's like it sounds sort of like Tamil, but it's not at all the same language. And mm-hmm. so, so I was thinking, yeah. So <laughs> if you go from state to state in India, each state would have its own language, and really, like, they would look at each other as like a different people group, basically. Wow. wow. Yeah, gotta love the British going into places thinking everyone's the same, and they are not. Classic British people. Are they? We're still learning. Communicate yeah. with each other if like the states are next to each other. Or is it still uh, like? I mean, I think if you're like on the board, I, I mean, like you would probably sort of understand, uh, but sometimes probably not. Um, the Hindi and I, I think English are the two national languages of India. So you would probably get by if you spoke English. Um, and like went from state to state, you might be able to get by with just that. Wow. But, and what's the name of uh, your dad's um, seminary? Uh, is it seminary or does it, do they just call it Bible College or like? Uh, there, I think they. It's a seminary. It's Kerala okay. Theological Seminary, and so um, it's in Kottayakura, um, which is a city. Yeah. I guess Obviously, there. yeah, just shortly it. south of Kerala. Uh, it's in Kerala. Most, or shortly south, yes, yeah, so absolutely, in the southern part of Kerala. Have you spent a lot of time there over the course of your life? Uh, yeah, so my dad started in, I want to say, 99, 2000, like that, around that year, started it, and then just kept, um, I guess, basically... Um, building, building it out, and we would go, but basically until I went to law school every three years to India, and so it's kind of been cool to see the 
I guess, 24 years of progress <laughs> and just see what, like, God's done in wow. this. Because, like, a lot of times you're just like, well, this is because the first graduation, so I went over there for the graduation this year. The first graduation, which I went to in 2003, was just in the first floor of uh Daniel pulled up a picture of the building, and it was just in the first floor of that building. I think I just saw you. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. There he is. That's him. <laughs> but, uh... You can't prove it's not. His face oh, is blown out. Man. But, uh, yeah, I think it's cool to see a uh, three-, four-story building in its place now, and just kind of how everything has grown around in that city, and... Mm-hmm. Have you been to this ice cream shop here? Um, which one? Right across the street. There's no, an ice cream drive-in. shop? No. Is that what yeah. this is? There's an ice cream shop right there. Oh. Drive-in ice cream shop. Milma Drive-in no. uh, shop. No. Okay. No, no. There, there are a lot of like bakeries and stuff in India if okay. you wanted to get. It's kind of, I think it's like a different, like kind of cultural thing. It's, uh, I, I don't not that bakeries yeah. like, don't exist in America, but it feels like they're... Yeah, tell us about this new, like, uh, specifically cultural Indian thing called uh, no, bakeries. No, no. <laughs> but, like, I is think... That why you, is yeah. that why you have the uh, the mixer in your, at your house? <laughs> the kitchen aid? No. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, culturally, it's, it was interesting. I feel like tea and, like, things like that. Like, yeah. we have all of those things, but that's just, like part of their culture yeah. like going out and I'm just like I don't get it but and like, when I went to Ireland I mean it was like a big big deal it's right. like no it's tea time we yeah. stop yeah. and do this and so like in the afternoon so I think like the bakeries that exist there are meant to like serve like just because like tea and like uh, like you know because that's like part of the culture of yeah. all the English have been there and yeah uh, yeah, and uh, it's ten o'clock. You gotta have tea and crumpets, yeah. governor. But yeah, it is funny though, cause uh, they—that's why Columbus came to America, right? He was looking for—he was looking for India. <laughs> yeah, went went the wrong way. Yeah, that, that's the story that they tell you. In, yeah, in the in the. Well, schools. I just assume it was one of those people where he's like. I just have a really good sense of direction. <laughs> uh, actually, I mean, Columbus is like one of the most hated people in history these days, it feels like. And yeah. like, I, so I was, never mind. I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop. Fair enough. You don't want to keep uh, going? <laughs> Columbus himself thought of himself as what he was going to do was uh, expand Christianity. And he got funding based on the, the premise that he would try to found an alternate route to India. He uh, yeah. found one, I guess. He succeeded, right? <laughs> well, it's like it's kind of so, one of those things where hey, bump into like, America, you walk across America, you get back on a boat, and then you just keep going a little bit more, and you're there. Well, I just love that uh, instead of uh, just being like, "This is not India," they're just like, "No, this is West India." <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, so "We just like, keep going. We'll make it." We shall call you guys. It's like, Indians. it's a participation trophy, yeah. basically. It's like, we basically found India. <laughs> <laughs> Several centuries later, they made it to California. They're like, you know what? I don't think this was India. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis and Clark. <laughs> yeah, like, they're the like, Columbus guy was full of crap. <laughs> like, we got through all of it, and I, I just don't think we, there's no Indian people here. 
Hey, uh, so for the people who are listening, I think this is really cool. Uh, we, we did pull up a picture of um, the seminary, and it says, Kerala Theological Seminary and Prayer Palace. And on the gate, this is really cool. It just says, Jesus is Lord. I think that's really cool. I read that as Jesus Island before I took a closer look. Because <laughs> it has <laughs> Jesus on one side and then is Lord on the other. And oh, man. Can't Really, if you're squinting a little bit. I can see it. But it says Jesus is Lord. It's not... It's. Can we confirm uh, with, like, geograficians that India is not an island, right? India is not an okay. island. Okay, okay. No. It's not Jesus Island. Jesus is Lord. I think that's really cool. Is there any? Is there any persecution of Christianity over there? Or is it just a blend? Like, it's accepted as a thing. Uh, there's... There's a good bit of persecution. Uh, I think it's gotten worse and worse. Uh, the way I would think about it is, India has one of the oldest churches in the world. If we like follow Christian tradition, the tradition is that Thomas the Apostle, uh, doubting Thomas, yeah, um, as people know him, which is a weird way to know. Yeah, uh, you feel kind of bad for him, just like you know, said what he thought, and then people just. Dunking on him yeah. for the rest of time. His mom's been telling him his whole life, your big mouth is going to get you in trouble one day. Yeah. yeah. And for all eternity. Yeah. Doubt, immortalized doubt. Yeah. as the doubter. Yeah, but he he came to India and uh, started the church in India and then was uh, martyred because everyone basically... Who followed Jesus? They got martyred, and I think in a similar way, India has never um, is not a place of like strong religious freedom. Where we are in Kerala has probably the largest population of Christians in the country, and that's like thirteen percent of the state. Wow! Um, part of it is. I think Hinduism, you could call it a bit of a misnomer. Uh, it's There's a lot of like shared identity there, but um, Hindu nationalism kind of developed as a reaction to the British Empire. And yeah. I think part of that is wrongly so viewing Christianity as a uh, foreign, foreign religion. Uh Whereas it's it's been there for so right, long, right. it's it's yeah. older than Islam in the country, and it's been there since basically the time of uh, Jesus and the like, or yeah. that century. Yeah, I mean, and, you think about one of Jesus's disciples, not like a disciple of a disciple of a disciple, yeah. going and planting a church. Right. We're talking a couple of years. Yeah, I think like. And that's the crazy thing about global, I feel like global Christianity when you think about like where is the church like been there for generations? It's like the Middle East, yeah. Africa, and Ethiopia, yeah. Ethiopia, um, Egypt, and then like India, Egypt, and these are the oldest churches in the world. So I, I think the cool thing is that in my mind, unlike what a lot of the Hindus who are Hindu nationalists think in India, Christianity is not a white man's religion. Uh, me and, me and um, I won't say his name, me and a friend here at church, they were having that conversation today. I'm, I'm reading a book on the Crusades right now uh, by a guy named Ray, uh, Raymond Ibrahim. Um, 
and it's going through the early, like the rising of Islam. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, man, okay, look, it's not like white Western religion. It's not like it, it was like centuries before it became that. Right. You know? And so with Hinduism in India, right now, uh, Hindu Nationalist Party, uh, the BJP is in power, and they want India to be for Hindus on mm. some level. And they, there's a lot of violence against Christians. Like, uh, if I look up just churches burned in India or, like, people attacked in India, like, um, especially in some of the m- northern states or uh, states where there isn't a large Christian presence, like there is a lot of persecution. A lot of anti-conversion laws have been passed. Christian missionaries aren't technically allowed to be in India. Um, I think people obviously follow their right. consciences more than the laws of India, but um, I would say that there is a lot of persecution, but I also do think that persecution in some way is almost like the kind of fertilizing agent of the church. Um, yep. The places where we see like the deepest, darkest persecution probably also have the fastest growing churches yeah. in the world, which 100%. is not something that I desire. I, I don't desire for like if you're Indian and you want to follow Jesus, like, hey, face a bunch of persecution. But that, I think, is actually the norm for people in the world where, for us, obviously, right. we have a lot of freedom. And yeah, um, I think there is something to be said for the fact that places like Iran have the fastest growing church in the world versus yeah. like places like ours. You're right. Great. Um, so back to America and Nashville, where you are currently. Quick uh, flight. Quick flight. Yeah. How how long was that flight? Uh, that so thirteen hours to Dubai, four hours to Trivandrum. That's where I flew into. Trivandrum is the British name. I cannot pr- pronounce the Indian name that they changed it back to. Uh, and so. Um, 17 hours and then I had a break but you know part of it I got upgraded to business class and I realized this is the real way to fly really yeah lay flat seat whoa yeah I think I now have expensive taste because apparently that like ticket is bougie boy yeah three thousand dollars wow which I was like this is great I need to get on uh, not busy international routes and get upgraded how did you get upgraded I think I had, like, some sort of status, but I had the lowest level status. I just think I was, like, on a plane where there weren't a lot of people, Mm -hmm. and so they were like, we'll upgrade you because you have blue status, which is, like, here. I think it's like, if I had silver or gold or something like that, I would have been like, oh, okay, nice. That's amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, the uh, lay flat, uh, I think that's the only way that I'll... I can't fall asleep on an international flight. I managed to do it on domestic flights just fine, but international flights, I feel like uh, being able to lay flat is a huge yeah difference. Especially when you're on a plane for yeah. you know, 12, 14 hours. Yeah, uh, I recommend nice. if uh, it is possible that you just get lucky. Or do I not believe in luck? Yeah. Recommend that we get lucky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
You heard it here first, people. <laughs> Get lucky. Cross your fingers. I mean, you could pay for it too. That just seems like a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I could not fall asleep on the way over to Ireland. It was, it was just six seven, hours. Six? Yeah, six and a half, something like that. That's not too bad. It's not too bad, but you're you're leaving it like it's like seven o'clock here when you leave at night, and then you land over there, and it's like three a.m. No, it was like maybe six or seven. No. Well, oh, because it's a. They're six hours ahead, and it was a six. I mean, I can't do that math. I don't think anybody. Can. I I can't. Yeah. yeah. I'm a lawyer. This but, is this is literally. I'm just trying to avoid math. I don't think people do, yeah. It was about that. When we, when we went two years, a year or two? Yeah, yeah, a year ago. We left at like 7 or 8 p.m. from New York, and then we got to Ireland at like 4 or 5 a.m. Okay, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's hard to sleep, especially when you are um, like shoulder to shoulder with a random person. Yeah. And the only thing you can do is just lay your head straight back. That's really awkward. Uh, so you've been here, how long have you been in Nashville? Uh, since 2015, so okay. eight, coming up on nine years. Wow. That's, I moved here, I guess, at the start of either 14, I don't know. I think I've been here nine years. Yes. So, about the same experience. What, do you have like a favorite thing about Nashville, or like what, what do you like about Nashville? I mean, so I went to college in Atlanta, and growing up outside Chicago, Getting everywhere in like 15 to 25 minutes <laughs> is ideal. Okay. Uh, I think people complain about the traffic, and I will say it, it's going to get worse, I think, as time goes on and the population grows and everything, but I, I will say it's not that bad compared to what it could be. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say that... Uh, I think they're um, just Nashville. There, there, there's a lot to do. Um, in like, in terms of like, if you want to see like a concert, um, I think every band basically comes through here. Yeah. If you want to see sports, there's different sporting events. Um, uh, and then. Yeah, there's there's some outdoor. Uh, I feel like Chicago didn't have like as much like outdoor naturey stuff, uh, like more I guess like hiking and stuff. Whereas like kind of like an hour or two outside of Nashville, you can find some of those things. Um, yeah, even some kind of smaller hikes in Nashville. In the yeah. middle of Nashville, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think uh, Nashville's food is solid. Uh, I think it's very good at the things it's very good at. And mm. then it could just use more more options. That's fair. Uh, I feel like the pizza could get better. Yeah, yes. it definitely could. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Someone needs to go. Hot chicken. Perfected it. Good for you. Um, <laughs> Southern food. Great. Top, top tier. So good. Uh, I think need need better Indian food. Probably I've been to some places food. that have liked. Really good Thai food. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I will not put this place on blast. But I went to a Thai food place the other day, and it was horrendous. <laughs> but I love Thai food. Yeah. But this place, I will never go back. Disproving Paulson. Thai do you food know? Do you know? Like, if you are cooking in like uh, like a crock pot or something, and you let it like burn on the bottom. Yeah. 
do you do you, do you like can you taste that taste that's yeah. like it's like burned yeah probably that's how my entire dish it like it just tasted like it had been smoked in the burnt bottom of a of a crock pot mm. it's no fun it was it was horrible it was so bad dang yeah that's shout out to all Thai food love you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah man that's disgusting there's a place over by you in East Nashville that I've been dying to try. It's a food truck um, that's called like uh, Maiz de, de la Vida. Vida. Yeah. Yeah. It's the taco truck. Yeah. The Quesa Burrito Tacos. Yes. Yeah. Um, me and Taylor are going to go there on Saturday. Yeah. We got Very a babysitter fun. for the kids. Nice. Going to go over there and uh, get some. What people say is some of the best Mexican food in the yeah. city. Yeah, it's good. It's, I Hashtag not a sponsor. I think uh, maybe we'd be maybe open to you yeah. guys sponsoring this podcast. Yeah, yeah. you want to maybe once they build their restaurant in the Gulch. Yeah, are they doing that? Yeah, apparently. Whoa. Yeah, so they're they're hitting the big time apparently. Okay, so it's across out. from Chopper Tiki, so if you can get. A yeah, isn't that like where people? No way! Is there like a bar or something that's connected? Yeah, to? is that what? Okay, okay, okay. It's the like, I don't know, tropical drinks basically. Yeah, I'm gonna oh, get a okay. big yeah. fruity drink with a long curly yeah, straw, like half like half a pineapple. Yeah, remember uh, we went and that was uh, where Josh kind of just was starting to discover that he was allergic to coconuts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> good thing. Good thing to learn. Yeah, uh, also the bartender recommended drinks, and they were terrible. Yeah, should not. There was one drink they recommended that was good, and then all the other ones that they recommended were not as such. Okay. So go with your gut if you're going to When a bartender tells you something is boozy, they mean it just straight up tastes like paint thinner, probably. I assume. If they say a drink is boozy? Yeah, they are like, it's like, like, this is just alcohol. I don't think there's a drink. (laughs) Well, okay, good to know. Bartenders out there, let us know if that's true. Well, if uh, do we want to get a little boozy with some would you rather questions? Oh man, I love would you rather questions just because I like to just I just like options in life. So nice. Uh, sitting around today thinking of would you rather questions, googling for would you rather questions. So guys, would you rather discover and explore an ancient pyramid? Or an old shipwreck. Old shipwreck. And why? Old shipwreck. I feel like I don't know. There's something like claustrophobic about like being in. An, I feel like an ancient pyramid exploring that sounds like being in a cave, mm-hmm. whereas being in like a shipwreck feels more like you're going inside and it's water and then you just come out. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I also think pyramids are much. Bigger, so. Yeah, it's gonna be a. I feel like time, a, I feel like the harder to do the shit wear out. Yeah, I feel like personally, I my doctor's advice is to not scuba dive. Uh, so, okay. Okay. Uh, I would have to go do? pyramid. But you could go with James Cameron in like a really awesome yeah. like yeah I could uh, risk doing the uh, what's that one that like imploded. The billionaires. Yeah. Are all oh yeah. That what one? company was that? Yeah. I don't know. Let's see. Gosh, like the Titan or something like that? Doesn't matter. I think yeah. they're out of business now. Yeah. <laughs> Just 
Just avoid that one. I mean, I think when your founder, uh, the Titan Submergible yeah. Explode Implosion. Yeah. Mm. Ocean Gate. Mm. Um, yeah, so just kind of... No, it still exists. Wow. No, still going strong. Oh, they, they suspended all their operations mm. last that makes more sense. I guess maybe they can get sued. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's why they still exist. So you can't go deep under the water? Cannot. How, How are you in like a backyard pool? I'm fine. Okay. I just, okay. uh, it just like low, like high pressure situations, I guess. Something like that. Um, it's a long thing. So uh, it's the one thing I'm not allowed to do as per my doctor's orders is go scuba diving. So. Well, you just run out of... Is it just because of the breathing stuff? Or? Yeah. Uh, I used to have a buddy who was an underwater welder off the coast of uh, Louisiana. He said Fixed they got into ships. some really interesting stuff. Like, they would be, like, swimming into these huge pipes. Mm. He said he's swimming into this huge pipe to, like, repair something one time. And just this ginormous hammerhead shark just like swims oh, right over the top of it. That kind of job must pay so well. For, it like, did. Yeah, it paid so much. You're going in. He was like 22 and just rolling oh, in the bank. Um, that would terrify me. I think if you think about ancient pyramid as like, that's basically like being, it's a, it's a grave, right? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. what More a pyramid pretty not, much yeah. is? Like it's not really like the Brendan Fraser like. Well, it just depends on which ladies. one you're going. If like Egyptian would be more of a tomb. Okay. If you're going more. What's uh, better, the Mummy series Lincoln? or the Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh, pirates. should we all say it at the same time? Yeah, it's Pirates. Uh, one, two, three. It's definitely the Mummy. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I loved the first Mummy. I mean, there's a reason the, the Pirates of the Caribbean really have many sequels and the Mummy did something. Well, I think that was just Johnny Depp. They were just... Yeah. yeah. They were capitalizing on Johnny yeah, Depp for a while. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I don't know. I I think I'm gonna go ancient pyramid only because something about deep under the water yeah. really freaks me Same. out. The ocean's a weird place, man. I feel like though, if you're suffocating underwater, I feel like you wouldn't know. Whereas if you're suffocating in a pyramid, you would definitely know. That's a good point, and there's probably some just ginormous spiders in that pyramid. Yeah, I mean, that thing's know. been underground for a long time. But yeah, didn't they send like a camera into like the deepest part of the ocean, and probably. they saw all those weird animals and or not like fish, mm-hmm. like the like really creepy looking stuff. I think they're still called animals. I think you can say <laughs> that. I don't know. Our, our, our resident fish man, Joshua. Let's see. Are fish animals? This is a great question. I'm curious. I believe they are, but please, scientists, prove us wrong. I don't think that that's a question we can answer. We need to get Kyle Lira in here. They are aquatic vertebrate animals. They have gills but lack limbs. The more you know, people. Yeah. The more you know. All right, so uh, shipwreck, Shipwreck. pyramid, Pyramid. for personal health reasons. Yep. I don't know. Both are really cool. I would just yeah. go. If the shipwreck was like close to the top of the water and okay. I could like kind of dive down with like scuba stuff. Did you guys ever see that Matthew McConaughey movie? Oh, yeah. The what, what, Gold Rush. Yeah. Is that what it was called? Uh, yeah, I think so. It was with like Goldie Hawn. No, Fool. Is it Fool's Gold? Fool's Gold? Let's see. Fool's Gold. Goldie Hawn's daughter. What was her name? Kate Hudson. Kate yeah, it's Hudson. Fool's Gold. Yeah. 
Fool's Gold. Okay, another great uh, shipwreck movie. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> okay, so next question. Would you rather... Um, so if you could temporarily be transported into the future, uh, would you rather spend one month in 2,200, so like 2,200, mm. or a month in the year 3,200? Why? Hmm. There's like a Jonas Brothers song about being the year 3,000. Yeah. Really? Like you're taking yeah. a big risk of like Jesus is already back and you're like, where am I? <laughs> Wouldn't you end up in the new heaven, the new earth? Would you, you would transport the thing, straight like, into heaven? Like, would you, like, would you transport into heaven, or are you still on like the abandoned earth? I think you'd be in a, like a endless loop. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like I'd have to go. I think you took this question in a way that I did not anticipate. No, yeah. Well, I think the other reason is like thirty-two hundred. You have no clue what the world is going to look like and you could you, just be completely lost. You are robot fuel. You're li- yeah, at that point in your life. But it's temporary. So, if, even if you're temporarily transported to... Like, what, what if you, you die in the future, though? If you die in the future, you can you come back? I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Maybe they'll have technology. Maybe it's just you're in the Matrix. and it's just, nah, So, 2200 is 180 years from now. Yeah. Right? I think I have to go with that. I, so I guess I don't know. I I guess I'd be cu- I'd be more curious because you'd be like, oh, what happened to like? I guess you would be able to like see, hey, this is what happened to all my friends and family and like what yeah. what they do with like yeah. There would be some sort of record of that still. So twenty two hundred yeah. might be more interesting that way. I think like. Yeah, thirty two hundred would be more interesting in terms of like what the heck happens to the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty two hundred, you can, you might be able to put together some stuff of like, okay, like how does my life go? What do I need to do? Like, is there tie? Is there are there paradoxes that can occur? And and like one hundred eighty years is far enough into the future to see like, like I'm interested to see, what, like is America still going to be like around? Right. Like yeah. thirty two hundred, like. No, it won't be. Mm-hmm. Like, what like, technologies like are still around or have evolved? You might go to thirty two hundred and think that the raptures happened, but just everybody living on Mars. It's just yeah. going to be the planet of the apes. <laughs> yes, that's what. I mean, I you could get there, and things could be not that different. What was that Will Smith movie I Robot? Did you yeah. guys ever see that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what it'll be. But yeah, I think uh, I don't know. They're making another planet of the. Are they really? Yeah. yeah. Hollywood has no new ideas. Return yeah. from the Planet of the Apes, but we're going back to it. Yeah. Is yeah. what it's called. It's like a prequel to Planet of the Apes, but like further towards when mm. it hap- like the original happens. Yeah. Okay, so we solved that one. I'm going 2200. 2200. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Probably 2200. <laughs> okay. This would be really. 3200 would be really cool. It'd be cool, but. I, like, be, I think it's just, it's just like. Immediate curiosity is more like, oh, what is what is like life look like yeah. in the immediate future? Yeah, versus... I feel like having to spend a month, I think I would be able to get by in twenty two hundred for one month. I mean, like thirty two hundred, you could get there and no one could speak your language. Right. Well, it's yeah. like also it's like there's still like probably rapid change even happening right now where I'm just like, I remember when people started getting iPhones and oh, yeah. I thought they were. Very st- like I was just like was that like 2011? 
Was that when the iPhone came no, out? No, I think it was 2007. Yeah, it was. Early. Was it really? Yeah. Yep. It was like right at the end of middle school where people started getting them. Like, wow. people had iPods, and that was like the big thing. And then you're like, why the hell would somebody want an iPod that's also a phone? Like, yeah. what a stupid idea. Oh. <laughs> I just Googled first smartphone and the. Simon Personal Communicator came out in 1992, so we're all was wrong. That, you remember that one? Can you get that? You I remember this. IBM was just ahead of the game. Yeah, my parents are IBMers, so I'm curious if they uh, remember that one. First iPhone. If you have the first generation, is it worth money now? Or are there just too many of them? I have an iPod They're really touch not somewhere. worth anything. Like, all of these... Does anybody need an iPod Nano? Like, it's really not worth anything. They can't do anything. There's not, no, like... This, you can't use it... For all your fish songs? <laughs> yes. I remember getting an iPod Touch for Christmas. Yeah. And being like, I can put... I can download so many, uh, like, concerts onto this thing. Yeah. And it was really only, like... It wasn't that much at all. <laughs> you couldn't put that much on there. Mm-hmm. You need to keep like deleting and downloading and deleting and downloading. Okay, next question. When you get married, I'm already married, people. <laughs> when you get married, would you rather your spouse be able to beat you in every single competition or outsmart you in every argument? Beat me in every competition. <laughs> I would have to go that way too. I just feel like that's more marketable. It's like, okay, like my future wife is going to be really good at everything. Yeah. And that's just like, man, that's useful. When I first think of it, I'm like, she can't beat me at everything. And then when I think about the argument thing... I think it would just get under my skin. Because I, I think being a lawyer, and be like... Not that, to be honest, my friends who are married, I don't think any of the guys are like, I win arguments. <laughs> so, You're like, right. it's not going to happen anyway, but the idea of being outsmarted... Outsmarted. In an, in an argument yeah. just sounds rough. But... Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'm outsmarted in every conversation that I have with my wife. She doesn't rub it in. But man, just to know that you're just helpless. If ever there's any kind of like, we disagree on this thing, you're you're doomed. I feel like if it's a competition thing, like that's at least a practical skill that can be applied to like a situation. But like, I mean, is a competition like if like if you go to the gym with your wife, does that mean that she like lifts more than you? That's not really a competition, is it? I mean, the question is like, does it make does this situation whenever you're <laughs> going against her, you automatically just get worse, or she automatically gets better, or she just inherently is better? Yeah. So is she like the world's best monopoly player? Yeah. If you're like the best at something, she's automatically above that. So, like, what's your skill that you're like, oh, I'm the best? I don't know. She just beats Couldn't you. Couldn't you yeah. just not challenge her to come? This, exactly. this is the thing. I feel like you have to have arguments, whereas you could probably avoid most competitions. I mean, you, say we don't, you don't have to make it a competition. Yeah. You can just say, hey, we're just going to... We're going to play a friendly game? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you, I think even if it's a friendly game, you lose. But I'm like, if, if that doesn't happen too often, it's like... Whereas, like, I feel like most people argue... Not constantly, but I feel like she also enough. doesn't have to be competitive. Yeah. She what if what if not. what if she like compared to everyone else? Say it's like you're in a huge group, like playing like games and stuff. Yeah. Compared to everyone else, your wife just like she sucks. Yeah. But she still beats you at yeah. every single thing, and your friends just make fun of you hardcore. Not fun. That would be terrible. 
Because <laughs> she's just slightly better than you. It's not she's like... slightly better than you. Well, it's like I don't know. Would it be like you're you? What if you're better than your friends though? Like you, Ooh. you could beat them. Yeah. But anytime you're about to win and your wife is in the game, <laughs> that means you ought, like you yeah. just like you're about to win and you automatically yeah. lose somehow. Come in second place to my wife. Yeah. We still beat all my yeah. stupid friends. Well, it's like I don't know if you're playing poker. She just what is it a royal? Is it a royal flush? Royal flush. Yeah, she just pulls that out every, every time. time you're about to win. Yeah. Hey, I feel like that would be your hilarious. money and her money are the same money. That's right. You take her to a casino, you sit down at a table, she's always going to beat you at least. That's right. Hey, there we go. Rig the system. All right, stupid question. I and mean, we, may not, we may not have time for all this. Uh, I really want to know the answer to this. This is just a me question because I don't ever use, well, I, I don't want to say. When you eat cereal, like if you get, well, just anything, but I was just thinking cereal. When you eat cereal, do you use the big spoon or the small spoon? I will always use a small spoon no matter what I'm eating. I feel like the big spoon uh, is just too big, usually. You never use the big spoon? Almost never, if uh, unless someone gives me that's all I've got. But like, I don't, I don't like the feeling of like, oh, I can taste the spoon. I never use the big spoon. I hate the big spoon. Yeah. I think I regret using the big spoon when okay. I do it, but I'm like... Oh man, this bowl is clean. This uh, spoon is clean. Let me grab it. I feel like I, it, it's, I'm like the Joker. Like you want to know how I got these scars? Like mm-hmm. the big Literally. spoon. It's way too big. It's too big. You're Who a invented you. large spoons? It's and it's not a soup so, spoon. A soup spoon's different. Yeah. Well, I think the the big spoon too. The problem is, is like if you're eating cereal, you can't eat everything on that spoon. No. Which That's is a like a weird, spoon. yeah. Which is a weird thing to be like. Oh, I fit half of what's on a spoon. <laughs> you're pouring it in your mouth. It, yes. If you do that, then you definitely get milk on your chin. What? If you have take two bites of cereal off of a spoon. Do you think there's anyone who eats cereal by just putting the cereal in their mouth and then just pouring milk? Hundred <laughs> percent. I feel like I've seen that in like a movie or a TV show where like someone. I feel like that's a bachelor pad thing to do. Like the dishes are dirty. So no, I feel like I've seen it where like someone opens the bag of cereal and just pours the milk in the, that's the a bag pro move. and then just eats from there. If you're gonna eat the whole box of cereal, why waste? Like why dirty yeah, up a dish? Exactly. That's a good. That's a good one. So what I've learned is that the small spoon is really just a normal spoon. Literally, I don't it's know not what a small spoon. Like when I sit down with my family, how depending on who sets the table, they're either gonna just give everyone the big spoon or small spoon, or they'll divide it based on who they think. I will say, if I was eating cake, a big spoon, small spoon wouldn't matter. Like it would get finished in the same amount. Of okay. Time. Well, I almost I always go for a fork because a fork is never gonna feel too big. With a cake? No, no, but I'll use. A I am if there's ice cream, because I good. love a scoop of ice cream on the side of some birthday well, cake. I don't know. I guess I I wouldn't care what I'm eating cake with. To be <laughs> honest, that's probably chopsticks. Sporks. It's my hand forks. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever. I I would do that with a piece of pie, but I don't think I would do that. Would with you pie. rather? This guy loves pie, ladies. Eat with your hands, but you use plastic gloves every time so that your hands never get dirty. Okay. Or you have to use the big spoon. Oh, I'm using the big spoon. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not wearing gloves to eat with my <laughs> hands. 
I always had to do that. I had a Spider-Man costume, and I went to a party, and I was like, I don't want to yeah, get Cheeto dust on my costume. So I just, uh, there was like, someone there was a nurse. I was like, oh, do you have gloves? And I thought you were going to say you yeah, asked no. if you could borrow a spoon. No. <laughs> I got the gloves. You just have a big spoon on, so I can right? eat these Cheetos? Yeah. That's how, that's why you would use the big spoon. Because the small Cheetos. spoon might not hold a single Cheeto. Yeah, <laughs> fair there are things that like maybe the, maybe the big spoons they like talk about it in books where it's like somebody cracks somebody with like a spoon yeah and then it's like that's probably with the big spoon like your grandma like yeah. whoop, like whooping you across the neck or the backside with the big spoon like with a spoon yeah I'm like it has to be a big spoon the small spoon like yeah. you can't crack someone I don't know I feel like it has to be like a spoon that kind of spoon has to be a spoon that you taste like tomato sauce with yeah and that has to be wooden yeah and you don't put it yeah, in so it's point. it's like gigantic compared to the big spoon. Mm. Then the big spoon is like basically pointless. It's useless. Yeah. It's uh, something you know who that it? they it's big you... spoon pushing <laughs> different spoon, trying to make us all buy more spoons. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just like, hey, what can we add to someone's like wedding registry? That's ridiculous. Yeah, big spoon, big spoon, China, whatever that. Is. <laughs> oh man, no, I know does anybody ever use that? China? Yeah. Oh, no. That is the biggest... <laughs> that's the biggest load of crap in the world. What, where did that come we from? We have a China cabinet. Yeah. And I've never seen some of the pieces in that cabinet move. Yeah, we have... Uh, my mom has certain China for certain occasions. Yeah. There's like a Christmas set with like Christmas designs on it. There's like different ones for some other holidays. But for the most part, like... Oh, don't get me you started on the Christmas dishes. Like, oh, we have Christmas dishes that don't even make it to the china cabinet. They're in storage wow. for 11 months of the year. And then I have to dig through storage to get them out every single year. Man. Not the move. And we use them for two days. It's miserable. I feel like it's like awful when you get something. Because I've done this before where you get something where you're like, oh, this is going to be so useful. I'm totally going to use it. And then it just sits there. And then yeah. you're just like, why Why did I spend money on this? Or why did I even get this? We have a crystal... What do you call the... Like the big... The, you would you would like... Uh, it, uh, like a, put sweet tea in it. You put sweet tea in it for a party and you pour the spout and oh, the sweet yeah, tea yeah, comes yeah, out. Yeah. What do you call that? Like a like a carafe or like a... Like a you, you... We have a, a huge crystal jug thing that you would put sweet tea in. I would have called it. It's never yeah. come out of the box. It sits in the bottom of our pantry. Like kind of like the little, like tap thing. Yeah, it's know? got the yeah. tap on it. You should just like start, at a restaurant. You should yeah. just start carrying, <laughs> carrying sweet tea in bags until Taylor's like, we should use this. <laughs> I want to regift that thing so bad. <laughs> I want to regift it so bad. When is it appropriate to regift? Like, can I you, think we need can to. Can you regift things from your wedding now that you're been yeah. married for this long? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How soon after you're married can you regift stuff? I don't know how. I mean, how often are you going to see these people? Fair. If you, if they're not regularly coming to your house, you could probably sell it. On Do it immediately. <laughs> also, I think we just need to destigmatize the regifting because mm-hmm. you gave me something, and it's not my bad. It's not my fault that you suck at giving me a gift. Fair. Well, I also think it's like the person receiving it. It's not. It's not like the thought doesn't count. You're right. You're right. It, it's more of a just like, hey, I got this cool thing, right. and I think you would be the better person for it. Or like, hey, if you spend a hundred dollars on me, yeah, 
and I'm not going to use it. I would like for your hundred dollars to go, yeah, not go to waste. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. These are the philosophical questions of our time, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of philosophical questions, let's mm-hmm. jump into our final topic: biblical knowledge. Uh, Paulson, you're arguably the most knowledgeable person at young adults, uh, besides Daniel, maybe. Oh, I, I would <laughs> I, default I, to Paulson. I don't know if most knowledgeable. I guess I grew up a pastor's kid and grew up. A, my dad is, I think, unique in that he's a pastor with a, a PhD and just a lot of like cares a lot about education. Uh, I think it's just a different, different kind of approach than maybe your normal pastors kid. Also, I grew up in the Indian Pentecostal church, which I think immigrant churches kind of catechize their children differently. So I think just memorizing verses, kind of that approach is like, it's very built in prayer, family worship. Your life kind of revolves around church. It's a very different thing. So I, I, I won't, I feel like more knowledgeable. I think that's like more of like a circumstance thing where it's just like, it's something I really enjoyed. And so it, it's something where something that the way my parents raised me combined with something I'm passionate about. And so kind of just, I, I'd know a lot more than I would if it was something I didn't care about. Yeah. You really enjoy reading a lot too. Like you, you can like, pour through a book. My, my I like reading. And I do read a lot. Yeah. But I am, I mean, I'm not just like self-deprecating. I'm just not a good reader. Well, I think part of it is too is, especially as I've gotten older, I read more articles than I do books at this okay. point. Which is like, if I want to find out about a specific, specific topic, it's much easier to read like yeah. a 10, 15 page article about it than it yeah. is to like, not the B.com. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I mean, like, I think reading, yeah. I don't know, that, Gospel Coalition, just anything. Yeah, yeah. You can, I feel like I'm very much a, you can learn anything from anyone, and it might be from an unexpected source. So, um, I do think, though, I, there are definitely authors and people that I'm more willing to, like, read and listen to. Yeah. Who, I think if you kind of look through, like, if you look in a Tim Keller book, it has a bunch of endnotes. You start looking through the endnotes, you'll start yeah. finding like, oh, this is where this idea comes from yeah. or this kind of uh, where he's getting this from. Because I think a lot of us think of people who write and people who think about the Bible and teach the Bible well as people who come up with this stuff on their own. No. But we've been, uh, well... Now that Kyle's back from vacation, he can jump in on this. But we've, we've been doing a men's group that's doing Revelation. Well, I listened to like a Matt Chandler sermon, like the first one. Then I was reading a book. That book had like basically, which is great because um, it's a book by this guy named Michael Gorman. Uh, it's called Reading Revelation Responsibly. But listening to Matt Chandler's sermon okay. and reading a page in that book, I was like, 
oh, this is where he got this from. Oh, really? Which, okay. is, which is cool, because you're just like, oh, this is what commentary this person is pulling from. I thought you were going to say polar opposites, but no, <laughs> no I get you. No, no. But yeah, you like, want to read, read the footnotes. Yeah, yeah, and I think that is... So there's this article that I was reading this week, which might also kind of... They're not reading this week but I, I i sent it to a friend of mine but it's talking about huh the one about the stingray not no there's this article that i sent to kyle and a couple of our friends about a stingray <laughs> who got miraculously pregnant they don't know how it happened they think a shark might have done it i don't know how anything works i'm not a biologist stingray i just thought it was out. an interesting article because it's an immaculate conception in a stingray we're about to get stingray jesus the stingrays out there they're gonna have uh, the christian faith coming around okay yeah so stingrays will also enter the kingdom of god by (laughs) by kyle's logic i don't know where we're going but that's not important no um i think so they talked about tiers of christian publishing and just like what christians um christian like books that are read and published and what those kind of um look like and uh it's by this guy named brad east and he kind of says there are four levels to christian publishing one is universal like it's for anyone and he like gives examples beth moore max lucato um sadie robertson huff bob goff like these are like those kind of inspirational, devotional, personal books. Uh, I think that's where most Christians read, if they're reading yeah. outside the Bible. Yeah. They're, they're reading at that universal level, which I think can be super helpful in some ways, right? Like the devotional stuff. Um, but I also think there is a limit to like, because... It's really what you're reading is Christianity for dummies a lot of the time. And I don't know. uh, And that's not to talk down because I think a lot of people's faith is impacted by that. Yeah. And really shaped and formed in beautiful ways by that. Yeah. But I also... It's microwave popcorn. Yeah. And... But I don't think... I think that's when Peter says like, hey, you guys should be beyond these basic things. Yeah. Like, you guys are drinking milk. You should be on solid foods. Um... I love milk. Is it Peter who says that? I I think it's in Hebrews. Uh, Well, in Hebrews 5, he talks about moving from milk to solid food. Yeah, milk to... But no, it's... Okay, I don't know. No, uh, uh, it's Paul. Paul says it in Corinthians, apparently. Paul's like, you guys are... Oh, no, it's said in three places. It's in Corinthians, it's in Peter, and it's in Hebrews. Yeah. So this idea actually exists all across the Bible, which is... It's the idea of going from immature to mature. Yeah. And so I think if you're... My doctor told me recently, my, well, he was my doctor, my chiropractor, I was talking to him, he was like, you got to stop drinking milk. Milk's for babies. I was <laughs> like, I love milk. No. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, if we're talking about just like working out, yeah. um, it's something I think all three of us care about in different ways, but one idea that exists in it is progressive overload, mm-hmm. which you cannot get stronger without lifting heavier to the max yeah Yeah. like getting getting to fit like close to failure like continually pushing every week like if you lift the same weight 
just like 20 weeks in a row, you're not going to get any stronger. You mm-hmm. have to make it heavier or you have to use tempo or you have to change something that makes it harder. Otherwise, you're not going to change. Yeah. So, that's so, so, so that's like the... That's like the first way of do, thinking about it. And then there's popular. Um, that's what he, he's like college educated Christians reading, like to learn more about the faith. He puts Tim Keller in this category. He puts John Mark Comer. We're going to read a book by John Mark Comer called Practicing the Way. He puts Dane Ortland, Gentle and Lonely in there, uh, Lowly in there. He puts N.T. Wright in here. He puts Andrew Wilson, Rob Dreher, John Piper those guys in yeah. that, that level the popular where it's like intro uh level to like christian doctrine or ideas i think it's less universal more specific maybe a bit deeper and it's usually relying on things outside of just kind of like the basic devotional level um this is just um these are not like meant for people who think of themselves as like theologians or anything. It's just like for people who are like our readers, but they're not, not like, Hey man, I'm just trying to deep end learn like yeah. continental philosophy and how it affects Christianity. Like, you know, it's just like, it's not that, um, they're not interested in the academic really, I guess is what he says. So that's popular. Then he calls one the level above that highbrow. Okay. I feel like you're in this category because it's for seminarians, pastors, scholars, literary types, lay intellectual. These are your these are your C.S. Lewis, G.K. Chesterton, Ross, yeah, Duhat, Miroslav Volf, like Peter Lightheart, Francis Buffer, James K. Smith. Um, what did I, I just read something by Lightheart recently? Yeah. What did I read by Lightheart? Do you know who that guy is? Yeah, he uh, it might was he's like the Federal Vision guy. Uh, oh. yeah. Well, <laughs> I did not read Peter Lightheart. <laughs> no, but he, he's known for like a lot of biblical theology. Yeah, so he is. He, he, to be fair to him, I don't know anything about that whole controversy. But yeah, in terms of the uh, in terms of biblical theology, he's a big figure. <laughs> I wasn't reading Peter Lightheart pastors at my church where I work. I promise, I wasn't yeah. reading him at all. But yeah, I think this is more of like a public popularization of like academic scholarship. So I don't know. A good good example is like Fleming Rutledge. She writes about the cross and like kind of brings in like these academic ideas, but like for like a kind of more popular audience. And a lot of the times, like you see pastors. You, I mean, if you read a Tim Tim Keller book, I think these are usually the sources he's citing. Okay, like those kinds of things. That's what I. I that's my inter. <laughs> this is my interpretation of the article that uh, Brad Eastrow. And then finally, he talks about scholarly, um, which is basically the people at seminaries and academics and stuff writing on on the Bible and like yeah. Luke Timothy Johnson, like he lists Luke Timothy Johnson, Bruce Marshall, uh, John Webster, um, David Bentley Hart again, because some of these people cross categories. 
Um, his idea is the only person who crosses all the categories is C.S. Lewis because C.S. Lewis also wrote children's fiction, so he fits in category one and also in all the three other categories. Mm. Um, these are usually like monographs, dissertations, like biblical commentaries. Um, but yeah, so you have like these three layers, um, and a lot of times what you need is for people to not be writing in the universal layer. He sort of makes he sort of makes this argument not to be writing in the universal layer or the highbrow or scholarly layer, but you need those people to write for the second layer. Okay. Um, for the popular like audience, like those books, like kind of bringing those ideas in. And so a lot of what I've learned is from just kind of like picking through some of these in the, I guess, popular way, seeing what they read. Yeah. Trying to pull like articles or whatever I can. That's how we got on the Richard Bauckham book. I think, yeah. Is who is God? Andrew Wilson, uh, a pastor in, uh, in London who um, writes a lot of popular level books, was talking about this book by Richard Bauckham, who is yeah. a very famous scholar of the Gospels and Revelation and the Gospel of John specifically. And so he wrote this book called Who is God? And I think we both read and talked about that before you did the series yeah. a while back on um, Jesus in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, yeah. Yeah, and so I think it's... It was helpful. And the funny thing is, anybody in young adults can read that book. I think it's very available to read. It's just kind of knowing that that exists. And I think that's like kind of moving away from the universal stuff. Yeah to the less devotional stuff, to the more popular level stuff, like yeah. the Tim Keller, the yeah. um, John Piper, those things. And then looking at what they're reading to like learn what where you're coming from, which takes work, but I think that's how I've been doing it. I also think skimming is important, to be honest. You're not going to be able to read no, like can't. some of the, like I, I have commentaries. I don't read commentary cover to cover, like cover, yeah, to cover. cover to cover i think you can get a lot out of not reading a book like this fully but just kind of being like hey there's this really cool chart that now i'm going to pull this in for my bible study or yeah. now i'm going to pull this in for like my personal knowledge or like i'm going to read this section because that's what i'm working in um but yeah i i think that sort of I guess generally is like, how do you do this? Or mm -hmm. what do you do? I would also say, I'm starting at like the back end of what I do. I think that you should probably just read the Bible, like <laughs> yeah. first starting out yeah. and just be like, oh, what's interesting? What pops out to me? Then maybe read different translations because you're not getting, I mean, we all know this, I think on some level, but we don't, yeah. is that we are not getting the actual bible in its like actual form because it's in greek and hebrew yeah and um it's made of a bunch of different documents that are pulled together so we can get these translations like they'll have like oh here's the like oldest copy i think they found a really old copy of the gospel of like matthew or mark recently or some something like that or it, maybe it was mark or luke and they like they backdated it and it's not as old as they wanted it to be right but um they'll use that to update the translation and that's why like 
the ESV and like other things like update um, translations, they use these um, documents that they find and they bring them together to like, um, yeah, they found it in a garbage dump, I think. Really? Yeah, so. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, so that feels recent, but I think that's because of COVID, but I remember that happening and they were, it was a big deal. Yes. It brings uh, brings it back into like the era right after the disciples. Um, but yeah, so you're pulling that together. So reading different translations like ESV, NIV, like things together to get kind of a good understanding of the Bible is helpful too. And then look things up. I mean, ask questions, look things yeah. up. When, like, in, we're studying Hebrews right now, when it says, like, that Jesus sustains things by the power of his work, like, yeah. or, like, that that idea, it's just, like, I mean, that should, I feel like that makes me think, like, wait, well, like, what does that even yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, what is... And, like, how did the author, why did the author write that specific phrase? Like, right. how did he, is, is that anywhere else in the Bible? Yeah, like, the word radiance, like, yeah. you were talking about doing, like, um, kind of, like, using, like, a concordance and, like, yeah. a Greek dictionary and stuff. A lot of these tools also, like, exist for just the general person yeah. who wants they're, to figure it out. I mean, they're, f- like, free. A lot of the tools I use are just free. Yeah. Yeah. And they're around... So yeah, I think in terms of biblical knowledge, I don't know. I realize this is like a kind of loop, but it's like, yeah, start with the word, read it, and then start looking. And yeah. The, I think it's like the, and I know this is eyes to Jesus. This is it, the whole seek and you shall find. That yeah. idea in the Bible. 100%. Yeah, it's just, hey. Like there's a you, principle to that. Yeah. It's eisegesis, but there's a there's a truth in the principle right. of seeking you'll find. Yeah, and so I think like if you really seek the Lord where he would be found, it's like, well, God's revealed himself in his word. Yeah. He revealed himself in Jesus and he revealed himself in his word because the word reveals the person and work of Jesus. That's how we're Christians. Yeah. It's not because it's just like, oh man, like that's what we rely on for our faith and right. that's what we've gotten so we can do that but yeah I think it's definitely possible it takes some work but I think it's just curiosity I think curiosity has to be the driver I don't think uh, I think if you are a Christian I think you should be curious about who God is in his word and I think it's like sometimes it's just like yeah we get stuck in patterns so Sometimes people, I mean, three-fourths of your Bible is the Old Testament. If you're not in your Old Testament regularly outside of the Psalms and Proverbs, um, yeah, I think that you probably haven't really read your Bible. Like, it's uh, just me like, and you talk about the whole spiritual realm stuff yeah. a lot, about how like it's just a lost art of, yeah. of engaging in the spiritual part of the very spiritual faith that, yeah. we, that we have. Yeah, so, but, yeah, but yeah, but it's easy to like not be confronted by those things if you only read specific right. things that you understand yeah. and are easy. Um, yeah. I think it's again going back to that progressive over. I think the greatest thing, the best thing that you said, if if anybody's out there listening, is like you don't have to dive into scholarly, you don't have to dive into like highbrow stuff. Yeah. Um, 
what's the con the the saying is like in- interesting people are interested people. Yeah. So if like one of the things that that took my Christianity to another level was the ability to listen to sermons. Mm-hmm. And I would start listening to, oh, my uncle told me this this pastor's a really great pastor. I hear them quoting someone, yeah. Chesterton. I hear them quoting C.S. Lewis. I hear them quoting, you know, uh, whoever it is. And that's like, oh, I'm going to go read what those people have said. Right. You yeah. Know? So yeah. be interested. Dive in. You don't have to dive into the deep end. No. You just start and, somewhere. And I think it's like, if your curiosity takes you to the deep end, great. We need more people who work in the... I think it's like, in like terms of biblical scholarship, it's like, yeah, if that's where God leads you, that's awesome. But if it's just like, you just get to a place where, hey, you're studying the Bible by yourself. Well, like, if you get curious and interested enough, you're probably going to be studying it with other people. Yeah, too. 100%. Like, that's what's going to happen. Like, you're going to want to talk about it. Yep. Yeah. Well, it is past 11, and Daniel is brandishing his hatchet. Yeah. Uh, if you don't end this podcast right now. got his lumberjack shirt on and he's ready to go out there and chop some wood for the morning. Guys, my beard is at pristine levels. I had to trim it recently because, yeah, it was getting out of control. <laughs> I still think the best comment is like, look, it looks like you just like came off of a plane from Fallujah. <laughs> <laughs> Davis Davis Murphy last week was like, bro, you look like you just got back from your thor- third tour of duty in Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, gosh! Uh, like, shout yeah. out Davis who That's still awesome. has yet to make it on the podcast. One day, next time. One day we'll get him. We finally got our our first white whale. We can get the next one. Oh, by the way, for all the people wondering why I was reading Peter Lightheart, it was a book called Deep Comedy. <laughs> Which is how Christians in like introduce like laughter into society, or how we how we should introduce laughter into society. Yeah. Nice. None of the other stuff. None of the other stuff. Yeah. Also, maybe soon got a, a new ring. Yep, I got some new bling on my thing. Oh, is that one of the like rubber rings that like if you get caught in something? This is like my third rubber ring. Taylor the other day was like, I've bought you five wedding rings since we've been married. (laughs) Your real one is just at home, right? No idea where it is. (laughs) It's at my house somewhere. How expensive are the rubber ones? Oh man, so expensive, guys. I mean, these are like platinum and diamond coated rubber. (laughs) (laughs) You guys should see the ice on my ring finger. I don't know, twenty bucks, thirty bucks. Oh, I don't know. That's not bad. I think that's funny. Cool. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks, uh, Paulson. Thank you for finally coming no, on the podcast no and problem. teaching us a little bit. Uh, we're always lucky to learn. Yeah, let's do um, it again, I guess. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening, and have a great weekend. Peace out. Bye. Bye.